good to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right, and welcome to the Dave's I Know podcast, uh, episode two hundred and fourteen. Um, we have a it's, we have a very special guest uh, today, the uh, head coach of the Mighty Mighty Crows, um, newest USL two member, um, Matt Van Matt Van Benshotten. Is that I'm saying that right, Benshotten, or is it Benshotten? Matt Van Benscoten. Van Benscoten. Yes. All right. It's, I'm guessing it's Dutch then. Um, Matt Van Benscoten is going to join us on the second half of the podcast uh, to talk all things Minneapolis City, what this move means for the team, maybe a little bit about why they did it um, and all the, the fun stuff there. And we also have some fun questions for him as well. So um, we're going to jump right in. Patreon.com slash the Daves I know. I've started reaching out to people about getting you there, your Heath Out Stout beer. So I'm um, expecting an email um, again, uh, probably later this week uh, with some opportun- times opportunities in times when you could pick up the beer. So uh, patreon.com slash the days I know. Uh, all right, well, let's jump in right away. Um, Houston Dynamo, sorry, Minnesota United 2, Houston Dynamo 0. Um, this was a very fun game to be at, specifically because Minnesota scored, I think, I need to, I didn't do the research on this, but probably their quickest goal ever. Um, definitely, in, definitely in MLS and, and possibly even, uh, you know, post basically, you know, thunder, uh, thunder days, it might be the quickest goal they've ever scored. So, uh, it was a very, a gorgeous pass from, uh, Fragapane. He, you know, he, uh, intercepted a ball, looked up, um, saw a, a very tiny window for which he could pass the ball to Robin Lude, who was charging on net. Um, and Lude with an absolutely amazing, uh, shot, uh, from, uh, a very tight angle, uh, scores in the I would 51 seconds so in the first minute so anything else we want to talk about with this lewd goal other than it was um god damn it looked really awesome and I nobody was prepared <laughs> even the Wonderwall wasn't prepared to uh to start cheering I for that goal. Were, were you in line trying to get in or were you going up to get a beer or something or what no, no 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 I was just I was doing some twitting I was taking some selfies uh you know the huge and this is what I do this is how I have a calendar or a Christmas card <laughs> um, and I just, I just didn't see it. Like I, I knew it happened. I knew what had happened. I was very excited about it, but I did not in fact really witness yeah. the kicking piece, just the net piece. If you get a chance, go back and especially if you're listening to this podcast, you didn't see it. It's, it's a, it's an absolutely, uh, ridiculous angle. He shoots it from too. Um, and scores on the, the far post, honestly, which was insane. MJ, did you have any other thoughts on the goal? It starts with net in the air, clearing the ball up to Reynoso. Reynoso gets it over to Fragapane. Mm-hmm. Fragapane sells me out, sells all of the Houston Dynamo defenders out, that he is going to offload it laterally to Chase Gasper. Because what do we do? We give our, our ball, balls to the fullbacks, they go down the wing and they cross it or whatever like that. That's just what we do. And all of Houston fights thinking that, that there's no imminent danger Ragapani is just going to offload this 
to his left to Chase Gasper. And he instead goes the other direction. He goes, plays the through ball. And Lute is making this crazy diagonal cut. It looks like he's coming from nowhere and he's flying through the air and hitting the ball at some weird angle. Mm-hmm. It was so beautiful. It was. Uh, and talking about um, that one was beautiful. The second goal, um, not as beautiful. Uh, I, however, claim, I claim it was just as beautiful. I don't, I just, I will, I will ah! very much disagree with you. Um, Ethan Finley scores in the 17th minute. He, uh, he loses the ball in the box, um, kind of does a spin move, finds it, just kind of hits it and, and trying to just put it on frame. Basically um, the uh, Houston goalkeeper, who I'm, now I'm blanking on his name, uh, Hanson uh, gets a hand on it um, just enough to sort of like almost prevent it from going in. Um, it just, but it just, just dribbles over the line. Uh, uh, Zerk Valentin gets in a, a valiant effort, I will say, to try and clear the ball um, off the line, but it was. Uh, Which he, he did clear it. He did clear it, just not off the line. It was it was in the net when he cleared it. So uh, it was a great. It was a good effort by him, honestly. But uh, but ultimately, it was futile. And there was a little bit of confusion. But then they they uh, no mistaking it was it was clearly a goal. And Minnesota takes a two nothing lead, uh, a two nothing lead that they will uh, that they would t- hold on to win the game. Please, oh, please, MJ, tell me why this goal was pretty when it was the most garbage of goals. There was such great passing to to Lude to lead up to that, and then Lude tries to slide the pass. Have have the unselfish pass over to Finley, and had Finley collected the ball there and scored, everyone would have said that was pretty. And instead, what happens is Tim Parker intercepts the ball. Tim Parker intercepts the ball and feels no imminent danger. He does not feel like he needs to boot it out the end for a corner. He does not feel like he needs to boot it out for the stands. He's trying to control the ball with his with his face towards his own net and and while tim parker is trying to control the ball and tell us finley just says i can take this from you and he grabs the ball does a spin move gets just on it enough to, to go over the goalkeeper's fingers it was beautiful absolutely beautiful it was beautiful from my angle uh, because I was like leaning, you know, totally pointing my entire body perpendicular to the field. No, parallel to the field. Visual spatial reasoning, geometry, just we've been over this. Not my thing. Um, and I just see it go into the top corner of the net. Like gap between people's heads, right? Because my perspective's kind of off. I, it looked really pretty and like very precise from my seat. Mm-hmm. Well, I hate to break it to you, but it was neither of those things. So, although <clears throat> doesn't matter, they all count the same uh, in the standings. So, true. The uh, so very brief in the second half, Minnesota makes a couple of substitutions. Uh, one in the 60th minute with Hayes coming on for Reynoso. On uh, 83rd minute, uh, Hunu came on for Fragapane and Kalman came on for Debasi. Uh, in between there, uh, Ethan Finley hits the post in the 75th minute. But really, I mean, this was Houston poured, uh, you know, poured the gas on and, and trying to get an equalizer and trying to get at least a goal to try and get back into the game, um, including uh, some had to make some brilliant saves from Tyler Merrill. Actually, Houston outshot Minnesota um, with total shots and shots on on target. I believe Miller had to make like something like eight saves. <clears throat> Or something in this game, uh, kind of insane. Seven or eight. Yeah, but he uh, had a, an amazing save in the 87th minute to deny Houston. Um, MJ, you want to tell us a little bit about this one? 
Uh, Corey Baird came off the bench. Uh, he likes to attack. And Coleman and Ozzy seem to forget that Corey Baird likes to attack. He may, he undresses both of them, kind of slips through uh, on, a, on a good move, shoots. Somewhere between Corey Baird's shooting the ball and getting to Tyler Miller, it takes a deflection off of a sliding box all. And the, the theory is, um, and the Zapruder film will show this, that it, it glances off of Boxall's ass. And, and then Tyler Miller has, has to make the save. And after he makes that save, Unruti gets a chance at the ball. And if it wasn't for uh, Metnier, who was in the right defensive position, facing with his butt away from the net, you know, facing away from the net, and right there, Unruti's shot had no chance of going in. It barely looked like it had any momentum because Metnier was right there. Yeah. Metinier, I'm hearing his name quite a bit and uh, no no uh, criticism. Yeah, this Just is it out. This is uh, in difference to uh, previous episodes where I've not been impressed with Metinier's defensive side of the ball and more impressed with his offensive capabilities. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's nice. Yep. <clears throat> He's good. good. He's looked good. Um all right. Let's do our Freddie Dews for Minnesota. Um, MJ, why don't you go first? Uh, Frogapane gets my good Freddie Adu of the game. Uh, that really clever assist. He was actually, I thought, really good on both sides of the ball. Really solid, you know, going forward and playing defense. Yep. And uh, we need that out of him. Yes, absolutely. And do you have a shitty Freddie Adu? Oh, well... Let me, let's just say we we have two games coming up this week. We have a we have a midweek game. Um, they're both away from home, and I saw, you know, Reynoso pulling up, it like almost holding his hamstring or the back of his quad, you know, three times in that first half, and he waits till the 60th minute to sub him off, and then he doesn't sub anybody else till the 83rd minute. So th- only use three out of five subs, two of them essentially useless. I don't want to say useless subs, but you're not helping save your squad from a uh, aerobic endurance aspect if you're making subs in the 83rd minute. You know, that's not, say, you know. So, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I, you know, it's, it's, it's heat for, again, for like game health management skills, you know. Fair enough. Uh, Jess, who do you got? Um, I couldn't decide for Minnesota. Between So I have two good adus. So Tyler Miller, I think, had to make some pretty sweet saves to keep a clean sheet um, in the second half of the game, primarily. Might have done some of that in the first half. You know, he's goalkeeping. And, um, but then I really admired, as I said, Ethan Finley's goal that looked so amazing from my perspective. It's all all about perspective. So Ethan got this, like, he's going to make dad bod into like a compliment um, if he makes more shots like that. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I wouldn't argue with with Faragapane or Miller or Finley. Um, so let's go with Robin Lude, who scored the opening goal with a uh, 
like I said, a ridiculous angle and was instrumental in setting up the, uh, the second goal. So um, again, and played 90 minutes for some God forsaken fucking reason, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. And then yeah. Um, and MJ, I kind of, I, I got to echo you. I don't, I don't think any, I don't think any Minnesota United players play particularly bad. So I think it, um, you'd be hard pressed to find a, a shitty Freddie Adu from them. So people right, were really hard on Hayes for some reason. Yeah. You, you look at who he has come in for, you know, whether that's uh, a trap or a Dotson or, or a, a Reynoso, you know, we're taking out usually one of our more dynamic, better players when he's coming in. I thought Hayes played, played great. Hayes is, a, Hayes is a workhorse. That dude just, you know, he puts his head down and does his job and he's not going to be flashy. He's not, a, he's not Reynoso. Um, he can't. His head's up when he's yeah. dribbling. He's making good decisions. So. Yeah, um, I agree with you there. Uh, all right, let's quickly do uh, Houston. Jess, you'll start because I you have a you basically wrote a novel here into the note. So why don't you start with Houston? Okay, well, it's I wrote a novel because I have a, formed a personal vendetta over this past season against Zarek Valentin. Valentine, I think you pronounce it, but I can't remember. And I don't care to pronounce his name or have it in my mouth. He's number four. He drives me nuts. He's another man bun. And uh, towards the end of the first half, um, I'm sitting, you know, on their, would that make Valentin their left back? He's their right back usually. Right back. So whatever, right and left. I saw a lot of him, right? He was playing right in front of my seat for the first half of the game. And without making any contact with any, not the ball, no one that I saw. He managed to like launch himself into the air while uh, covering Reynoso and landed hard, like super hard right in front of Reynoso. And I swear he looked like he surprised himself and wanted to like maybe make something of it in terms of a foul. I cracked the fuck up and you know how loud I laugh. I mean, I'm sure they caught it on the broadcast. Um, <laughs> and then I stood up and I yelled to his teammates. I was like, you guys, are you going to, are you going to give him shit in the locker room for that? Cause that was ridiculous. Did you see that? And then a woman during halftime came up to me and she said, I sit six rows above you. And we've just always enjoyed your um, fandom. Your, I'm like, you mean my loudness? She's like, well, you say what everyone's thinking, but I like it. So I let her know about the pod. Yes, repping the pod. And I, um, and she said, now where are your friends? You look so lonely. Because <laughs> my row was empty. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, like, that's hilarious. I was like, oh yeah. And then two girls that I'd never seen before in my life, one had a, they were like definitely at least 10 years younger than me. One had a Louis Vuitton. I was like, she's wearing huge heels. Of course, I like heels myself. Don't get me wrong. But she was wearing huge heels in the match. Never seen them before, Adam for me. They asked for my picture. They took their picture with me in front of the pitch. That's fantastic. <clears throat> I was, now we're friends on Insta. No big yeah. deal. Well, they don't do it. You're, you're a celebrity now, so. Um... MJ, who do you got for, for Houston? My good friend of you is uh, Papa Pico. As usual, he was threatening and looking to score or looking to assist. 
and sometimes even making our defensive players look bad. Yeah. He would have been mine too. So, uh, who's your shitty one? Tim Parker. Okay. For all, for all uh, the reasons he, mentioned. Uh, well, I mean, he was kind of nowhere to be found where he should have been on the, on the first goal and right where he should have been on the second goal, but didn't do any of the right things. Right. I mean, he intercepted the ball between Lude and Finley and then that was good. And then didn't do any of the right things after that. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. I, I was to say Fafa Pico is just always dangerous for, for Houston. Uh, you know, who wasn't dangerous, who I was not worried about at all in this game. Uh, Darwin mm-hmm. fucking Quintero um, was <clears throat> like non-existent. <clears throat> there was oh, that yeah. one Ethan Finley diving header that where, where Darwin was sitting back, back door, just yeah. waiting, just and if it was not for Finley's hustle, like that is true. He did have that one. Darwin could have probably lit some fireworks last night. Yeah, that was really his only threatening look. Yep, yep. So I feel like I feel like life has knocked him down a bit. <laughs> so Minnesota um, sweeps the season series from Houston. Uh, two wins at home and one win uh, down in Houston. Um, that's a big nine points for for the team. So. All right, other United news. First time they swept Houston. It is, yes, it is, absolutely. So um, other United news, the Mayor's Cup was announced that it's going to be October 8th at Allianz Field. Um, if you're What's not, the Mayor's Cup? If, uh, let me tell, let me tell you. Um, if you're not familiar, the Mayor's Cup was started, uh, I believe, in 2016 um, by a couple of, of former, um, I think they had played together in St. Paul. One, uh, one of the guys was coaching uh, the Como team and the other was coaching the Humboldt team who's he's now the athletic director and they basically decided hey let's uh let's have a trophy for our game um we'll play it every year it's the, the boys and girls JV uh, varsity teams both play uh the same night one before the other and they make and he actually commissioned a trophy um a cup if you will uh for both the, the girls team as well as the boys team and it's kind of like um <clears throat> the Stanley Cup right so it stays at your school um if you win it or like, you know, if you think about like football, like the, you know, Paul Bunyan's Axe or whatever. So whichever school has it, they get to keep it. Um, and so it's actually going to be played at Allianz Field uh, for the first time ever. Um, it's really cool. It's Como Park in Humboldt, uh, May 8th, or sorry, October 8th. Uh, the girls match is at 530 uh, and the boys match is at 730. Uh, attendance is free. So if you want to go down to Allianz and cheer on uh, ESA Watch, uh, and uh, the rest of the Como Park girls team be there at 5.30. Um, I'm guessing there's going to be lots of drunk dads at the Blackheart afterwards, Jess, if you're interested. So um, <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, so it's really cool. Like those soccer dad bods? That's, maybe. It's, I guess it got started young. <laughs> it's super cool, and it's, it's very exciting. And I'm, I'm glad that they're finally doing something that is soccer related in the community at Allianz field and not like a Tommy Johnny football game or something. So um, not yes, this Friday, thank not, God. not this Friday, but next Friday uh, at a five, I said five 30 for the, for the girls match. And then the boys match will be at seven 30. And then the cup, uh, the presentation of the trophy will be right after each of the games. So if you want to just stay for the girls game and then head back over to the black heart uh, to, uh, you know, play some uh, uh, wrap up bingo, I guess maybe, or, uh, or wait for the uh, whatever drag show that they have that night. Um, you could do that. So, and then, uh, very quickly, the, uh, uh, 
CCL format and League's Cup format were just new formats for them were announced uh, starting in 2023. We're not we're not going to dive into these, but just know that 2023 starting the League's Cup will be uh, every team in both uh, Liga MX and uh, MLS will participate in a uh, basically pause the season starting in August for a um, World Cup style tournament um, with you know groups of I don't even know groups of four groups of three. I don't even know how they're going to do it right now. <clears throat> But basically, every team will participate, and the winner of the tournament will get a buy into the uh, CC, the new CCL round of 16, with the other two, the second and third place teams, getting uh, put into the knockout rounds of the of the new CCL format. So I'll save these links so we can talk about these when we have maybe in the off season we have some some dead air um, time to fill. But it's interesting. Um, I know it should be pretty cool. I think knockout tournaments are are really good for Minnesota, at least as of right now. So. Um, I'd be excited for, for us to participate in this thing. Uh, and then finally, not necessarily United news, but I think uh, tangentially related to United, uh, the Timberwolves GM uh, was fired after getting caught making out with uh, a, a married woman who was also not his wife. Um, we, I'm not going to cast any aspersions upon uh, people making out with whomever they like to make out with. Um, who the hell knows? A prob- the, pair, the, the problem here is that this person... The problem is this person was, uh, I think, a direct report to him, uh, was like the oh. head of marketing um, with the team. So it's 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 a little more it's a little more than just, hey, the person was this like, was at Allianz and it was at Allianz. Yeah, it was at Allianz. Uh, they were in a suite um, and they were I, I don't there know how, cameras at Allianz. It's how I don't know. how That's how the, that's how the team found. That's how the Timberwolves found out about that. He was that that this was going on. Um, this is not. I, I, I make light of this and, and say he got caught, after, you know, got fired after this. I, I think there was lots of other things going on. Obviously, the, the Timberwolves are getting a new ownership group. Um, so I guess I'm guessing that they have thoughts on who they want to bring in. Anyways, um, not to make light of like you people can live their lives and, and, and you know, um, whatever you want to do, um, teach their own. But uh, maybe if you're going to uh, do that um, in your maybe don't go to a place with a shit ton of cameras. I would be my. Yeah, um, Exactly my general rule of, of, of thumb there, but. So room, uh, whoa. Note from the reading worm, bookworm, English major, professional. I, my, recommended reading, my recommended title related to this tidbit is called The Ethical Slut by Dodie, D-O-D-I-E, Bellamy, B-E-L-L-A-M-Y. I'm just saying technology and surveillance are at a point where you can no longer cheat like a, like the old-fashioned way where it's a secret, okay? You got text messages, somebody, you share them on the cloud, whatever the fuck, I don't care if they're encrypted. They're, this is your spouse picking up your phone. Anyway, I'm just saying it's, why not negotiate your uh, monogamy or non-monogamy openly with your partner? It's the 21st century. Exactly. Um, I have not read The Ethical Slut, but it's definitely on my list of things to read. So I will try and get that from the library sooner rather than later. So, uh, okay, let's jump in quick. Let's, let's just go straight to the, the upcoming matches. Um, if we get, uh, if we have time after our interview with, with Matt, we can jump into some of the other uh, other stuff. We have some M and Wolso once a loon, um, go for soccer stuff, but I want to try and get the United part of the podcast done. And then we can, uh, we can return for some other, other stuff. So 
Minnesota United plays DC United in uh, DC uh, on Wednesday. Uh, the game got moved originally. I think it was seven o'clock. It's now a six thirty kickoff. Uh, return of the Juan Chope. Um, yeah, Minnesota has. Uh, they don't haven't played DC very much in their short, um, in their short time in, in MLS. Um, but I believe we we do pretty good against DC. Anyways, quick, uh, quick guess on on when the last time we played it. Either of you want to guess when the last time we played them? Twenty eighteen. In in DC, probably twenty eighteen. Yeah, I guess I didn't do in DC. Um, okay, I didn't research that, but you're probably right that the last time we played them in DC was 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 twenty eighteen. Uh, the last time we played them at all was at Allianz in on April of twenty nineteen. Wow. It's been a while. And uh, that was the Donovan Pines thought he had his first goal in MLS. But uh, one of his teammates was like hanging on uh, Monone, like a, like a jungle gym and preventing him from being able to actually save the ball properly. And so after a long bar review, that goal was called off. Um, it looked like, like same old, same old, a loons allow a goal in the first, you know, 10 minutes sort of thing. But uh, that goal gets called off. And then late, late in the game, you know, uh, Angelo Rodriguez just, you know, hits this, you know, uh, there was a ball in that, that was very aggressive and Angelo's somehow is running and gets on it and one, one times it in, in the net. For one of his like four goals for us. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. (laughs) Angelo. and, And the weird thing is Angelo, and Miguel Ibarra both had good games. That, that, that <clears> game. um, interesting. Okay. Well, well, yeah. good. Well, good. Weird. And I, I remember that we didn't actually, we didn't actually get to see Wayne Rooney in that game, um, which sucked too. So, uh, all right. So let's, um, so who's, who do we need to talk about for DC United? Obviously, it's an East, Eastern Conference team. We very rarely see the Eastern Conference teams, uh, especially at home. Um, you know, as we'll probably see even, even less of them. But uh, who is the uh, who are you worried about or or stand out for um, uh, DC? Their their striker is Ola Kamara, and he has sixteen mm-hmm. goals this this season, which which is a lot. Yeah, uh, we should watch out for that guy. Like maybe make sure he doesn't score. Probably a good idea. Probably a good idea. Uh, I heard so we mentioned it and we buried the lead up top. Uh, Juan Chope is uh, is back or is with them. He's actually playing okay. Scored a few goals. He's scored um, yeah a few, a few goals for them. Yeah, I think he's injured though. I don't think I think it's it's unlikely that he'll be playing oh, no. in this in this game. Oh no! Um, but I mean, if he if he is, I'm sure he'll score. He'll score one or two just to stick it to Adrian Heath. So. Um, yeah, they also have, I mean, they have, you know, there's a, it's kind of, this is actually a, a, uh, interesting, an interesting team, an interesting lineup. It, they have lots of players that, you know, you know, from MOS, but are not necessarily like hitting their great stride right now. Um, Bill Hamid is still a pretty damn good, uh, goalkeeper in MOS. Um, so he's with the team and then, uh, our former, uh, tormentor of minnesota united julian gressel uh formerly of atlanta united uh is with uh is with dc right now too so and uh oh and um edison flores uh who's a midfielder from uh oh he's with them now too isn't he 
Yeah. Yeah. Edison Flores is with the team um, from Peru. Uh, so, you know, uh, Rodrigo's all over him as a, as a player um, probably has, you know, a Google alert set up for Edison Flores. And then, uh, oh, who am I missing? Oh, Paul Ariola, who former U.S. men's national team, sometime, often, sometime player with uh, with the team. Uh, Yamil Assad is a name that people might recognize, and then uh, the other name that P- team might, people might recognize, uh, defender uh, Steve Birnbaum as well. So, yeah, it's a it's an interesting roster. Um, again, to your point back when we were talking about the Minnesota United game, MJ, this is you know we have this would be, yeah three games in basically seven days. Um, and we did not rotate our roster at all from the LA galaxy game. And we only just gave, you know, basically one person a, a breather when Reynoso came off in the 60th minute. So I'll be interested to see um, what kind of rotation Adrian Heath does uh, for this match. Or lack thereof. Well, he's, yes. Yeah. T- to be fair. Correct. But also um, he's definitely shown that he's willing to rotate for these midweek games. It basically he uses, I think is like a throwaway game. If they get a point, um, fantastic. But I don't think he's, I think he is playing for a draw. I don't think he's playing to try and, and, and beat, um, beat DC United. So, uh, all right. So, interesting yeah. point, fact, DC United in the Eastern conference currently in sixth with 37 points, 26 games played. We are currently in sixth place in the Western Conference, 37 points, 25 games played. Coincidence? I'm glad you pointed this out because DC United are not having a, how should I put this, like top four, you know, team in the East this year. They're right around where we are, as as Jessica said. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, who do you think wins the game? Um, I think I picked a draw originally, so I'm gonna stick with the. I'm gonna stick with the draw. We're away from home. We're losing. It's midweek. Fair point, Jess. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with. I think I predicted zero. Back in the day, yep. and I'm gonna stick with a draw, and or no, stick with a loss but hoping for a win, but not going to compromise with a draw. All right. Fair enough. Uh, okay. And then let's, uh, let's talk DC or sorry, not DC, United, Dallas really quickly. We play Dallas uh, away to Dallas on Saturday. Um, I, I, again, I believe this game is at seven as well. Um, FC Dallas is, or are they, I'm going to pull up the standings really quick. Um, I know they're below the playoff line. Um, just lost to Houston not too long ago, which is pretty uh, embarrassing. They just for them. lost to Vancouver, and they lost to Vancouver as well. Yeah, so they've lost two in a row for sure. Um, Dallas yeah. is currently eleventh 20... place. <clears throat> yep, twenty-seven points off from twenty-seven games, uh, so averaging a point a game, which is not good. Um, but Dallas has some talented pieces, starting with uh, Ricardo Pepe, the uh, basically the savior of. U.S. Men's National Team. Uh, they don't have Luchi Gonzalez anymore. Um, he was uh, he was shit canned about a couple weeks ago um, after the was it after the Houston loss or was it before the Houston loss? I can't even time is a is a flash. I want to say after. Right. So yeah, I think you're right. I think it was I think it was after. Anyways, I don't understand time anymore. Um, but they have Paxton Pomichol, um Jimmy Maurer, um, our old friend from the uh, 
Cosmos days is uh, their main goalkeeper. Um, Jesus Ferreira. Jesus Ferreira. Yeah. Good, good, good shout out. And then um, uh, Brian Acosta as well, who seems to torment Minnesota United when he plays. Uh, he's our kind of a big bruising number six <clears throat> kind of guy. Uh, any, anybody else I'm missing um, from Dallas? Pretty much hit everybody. Two center backs, Matt Hedges and Brazon are are not good. Yeah, and we should attack them. They're they're. I mean, outside of like Hedges and Brazon, they're 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 young all over the place for the most part. They're obviously they rely on their academy to uh, produce talent for them, and and it does. Um, obviously, Ricardo Pepe is is you know I think he's the highest scoring American in the MLS right now, um, and he hasn't even he didn't even like start the season with with FC Dallas, I think he was playing with the North Texas, their uh, USL affiliate team. So um, it's pretty amazing what he's done both in MLS and as well as on the international stage. So, so yeah, no, I think you're right. MJ. I think we, I think we need to, um, I, so I would, I would, I would rest lewd and maybe even frog against DC. You maybe bring them on for like 30 minute cameos. Um, start Nico Hansen. Start Nico Hansen. Um, I like Nico Hansen. Start Unu. Um, start Rosales. Maybe maybe Adi. Uh, anyways, I would just I would like to see maybe Lude and and um, Reynoso get a breather. Like I said for and maybe like I said maybe even Fragapane <clears throat> for the DC game, knowing full well that you want him to go you know try and go full ninety and really attack the middle of the the middle of the park with Hedges and Brisson. Um, with like the we see we can see Fragapane's done it in the last two matches where he had just amazing um vision <clears throat> an amazing um ability to just put a, a a ball through the you know split the center backs onto an on-running loon so i think we i would definitely want to do that i think three points in dallas is much more important than you know a point uh in dc i mean great it'd be great if you can get three in both but i think um we really need to beat up on uh, the teams that we should beat up on because we don't have a ton of them left in our schedule mm-hmm. so uh, all right. Anything else on Dallas, or should we just go with our with our predictions? All right. Uh, who's gonna win? Uh, Jess, let's start with you. Um, we win. All right, MJ. We win. All right. Nothing. I think I have a. I think I have this as a draw. I think I'm gonna stick with that. Um, just because it is Dallas, it is tough to play down there. Probably be hotter than shit. So um, I'm gonna stick with. Uh, with a draw against FC Dallas. So it will be hotter than shit. All right. And so our, uh, our loons magic uh, playoff magic number update. Um, we all predicted a win last week for three points. So we all get credit for that. Um, mm-hmm. Jess and I are still leading the way with, uh, with two or four correct predictions and one incorrect prediction. And MJ, you are at three correct predictions and two incorrect predictions. So, um, look, Jesus, nine I points. It, I get it. I'm losing. You are losing, yes. Um, I am not as I am not as correct as you two. That's fine. Yeah, that is that is what the definition of losing is. Um, uh, <laughs> anyways, so they, so they have so, in this case, yes. So uh, they have nine points. Um, they are currently sitting in sixth place, uh, one point ahead of RSL with a game in hand on them, uh, and four points in front of um, eighth place LAFC with a game in hand on LAFC as well. So, um, and if they beat DC United and um, depending on what happens with, with FC Dallas and Minnesota and the galaxy don't, uh, don't take points, uh, Minnesota could potentially jump up into 
Um, actually, all the way to fourth place. Uh, Portland, so LA Galaxy sit in fifth on 38 points with 26 games played. And Portland is in fourth place uh, with 40 points uh, and 26 games played. So this is a big week for Minnesota. Um, mm-hmm. We got I mean, to take three from Dallas. You need It needs to be a, a minimum of a four-point week, I think. is is uh, Yeah, I think that is a... Um, probably the best, you know, the best possible thing. It, it really does need to be a four point week. I'm a little, I'm a little leery of, of us going on the road, uh, for two places that are tough to play in. So, uh, all right, cool. Well, let's take a break. Uh, oh no, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's, um, let's do MN Woso real quick. So if you're not a, a investor of the Minnesota, uh, women's soccer team that was announced uh, about a month and a half ago, um, they have, they're going to do a list of name, a, a list of names that will be in the running for potential names for the team. That list is going to drop on Wednesday, uh, and there's going to be a couple rounds of voting from investors. So if you've already invested in the team, you you've uh, gone to their WeFunder and signed up and given them your money, um, they're going to. Um, I, I can't remember what the actual technical term is, but like basically like verify those uh, investments uh, on. Uh, on Wednesday, I believe, on the 29th. Um, that will make you then, if you have an investment, however many shares you have, an, an actual investor and shareholder of the team officially. Um, <clears throat> I think it's all just like big SEC terminology and, and class legal, a. legal stuff they have to jump through. Yeah, but basically once you, once on the 29th, everybody who's already invested uh, will have their shares uh, certified. Um, and that will be the number of shares that you have for uh, voting on things like the name and, and all that stuff. Uh, you can still buy shares um, until December 11th. Uh, they're going to do a rolling investment, a, a rolling uh, investment thing, so that you, you know, as you buy your shares, they'll be certified, and then so you won't be able to. If you buy shares in say October, you won't be able to vote for this round of of names and stuff. Um, but you will be able to uh, uh, still get involved in the in the team until December 11th. Um, they dropped four names today uh, on Twitter: Arctic Minnesota, River Minnesota. Iron Minnesota and Minnesota Aurora as four of the, I believe, 16 names that they're going to be um, dropping on Wednesday. I hate all of them. <laughs> I think I have been privy to a several, so a couple of the conversations, and I, I know that there's some much better ones. I don't know what, I don't know the, the whole list of names. I feel like this is the false drop, right? Like this is, well, we're going to give you four sucky names. Yeah. And, and you then- were, you're going to get so mad because these names suck so bad that you're going to be like, damn, let me put my money down so I get a vote because this <laughs> shit. And then they're going to pull out the boombastic best of the best options. Yeah. And people will be like, damn, now I wish I had a vote. I should have done that thing on September 29th yep. and not let the fine print make me so anxious that so I had to close the window. <clears throat> Maybe I should re-navigate. <laughs> so they're, so they're, like, yeah, <clears throat> they're going to drop the, the names and then there'll be a vote, um, like two rounds of voting, uh, I believe, to, to narrow it down to two to four names that they're going to give to the designer. Um to come up with some, you know, some concepts and art and stuff for it. So uh, it's really cool. Um, Aurora, we all just have sparkles. It's just, that's a great big sequin is the design. And then once they, and yeah, once they officially uh, start that, um, you'll, uh, they're also that quote or that certifying of shares is actually going to be also super important because there are two um, elected board members from uh, shareholders who will sit on the board. I believe there's like a seven person board. So two people will be actual shareholders of the team. Um, so I think once they, they need to certify the share so they can get the process started uh, for 
electing um, people um, to be on the board. So that's super cool. And then the other uh, piece of news they announced is that they are uh, looking to hire a head coach. Um, so if you know of anybody who coaches soccer, uh, especially if they're uh, a female identifying, uh, please put them in contact with, uh, with the MN Woso people because they would love to interview them. So, uh, all right. And then finally, before we uh, take a break and come back with our, uh, our good friend, Matt, uh, Coach Matt, uh, MJ, uh, we have a one saloon, a very quick one saloon. So Ke- it's Kevin Venegas. Um, Kevin Venegas is still playing soccer, uh, playing soccer pretty well. Uh, and he did something he did something pretty cool uh, over the weekend. Thankfully, he's not playing for the New York Cosmos anymore. <clears throat> Thank God. As I've alluded to uh, in previous uh, one saloons, he's now at Detroit City FC playing in the Mesa. Uh, they're doing quite well. They had a very close game against LA Force, and Kevin Vegas scores a goal. He scores a goal. Ends up being the game-winning goal, 1-0 over LA Force. He earns man-of-the-match honors. And the coach actually talked very highly of him. Excellent. So, yeah. Kevin Venegas, glad he's still playing, glad he's still scoring goals. Yeah, I, I miss that dude sometimes. We should... Uh, I know, should, he was I, so... I mean, I feel like he was... I should reach out to him and see if we can't get him on the podcast. I have beaten have him once, asking him to be on the podcast. Okay. He might remember your ugly face more than my <laughs> ugly face from the playing days. I'll uh, I'll reach out and see see if we can if we can't get him. So I think that'd be yeah. fun. So thank you. All right, and then we have the Go for Soccer Gala before we get to our interview with Matt. Uh, MJ, tell us a little bit about Go for Soccer. Well, last week, in my absence, uh, you guys did not report on what they did. So I have to tell you that. Like last Saturday, September 18th, there was the big border battle that was scheduled during the same time as the Minnesota United game. And so they did this thing like tickets to this game are $1. And boy, was that a winner because they sold out 1,864, showed up to Elizabeth Lyle Robbie Stadium. That's the most they ever had. Um, Record numbers to a Gopher women's soccer game. Uh, unfortunately, they lose to the Wisconsin Badgers two to one. Uh, Boo. This week, they headed, headed out on the road Thursday, September 23rd at Ohio State. They were down 2 nil after 20 minutes. They come back. They win for two. Izzy Brown gets a goal. Sadie Harper gets a goal. Sophia Bowman gets a goal from deep, deep free kick from uh, Delaney Secker. And then Delaney Secker's... Uh, puts in a goal uh, off a corner kick. So uh, huge comeback win against a considered better Big Ten opponent in Ohio State. Always love seeing Ohio State lose. Yeah, on the road too. So On the road, love seeing Ohio State lose, um, and especially to the Gophers. So that's great. Um, They then went on Sunday to East Lansing to play Michigan State. Uh, It was – 1-0 1-0 Michigan State in the 80th. Izzy Brown scores another equalizer to make it 1-1. And I thought, here we go again, another comeback win. But there was a huge miscommunication in the 84th minute where both a center back and the goalkeeper went out to challenge the same ball. They kind of collided with each other. Although the goalkeeper was able to save the ball, the rebound was not collected well because of the collision and they 
were able to score. So uh, mm-hmm. 2-1 loss to Michigan State in East Lansing this week. Uh, Thursday, September 30th, 6 p.m. at Elizabeth Wild Robbie's, Robbie Stadium versus Rutgers. And this Sunday, October 3rd, also at home, 1 p.m. versus Penn State. Uh, last time I checked, Penn State was ranked fourth in the nation. Uh, they did lose last week, so they're probably not ranked fourth in the nation anymore, but that's going to be a tough game. All right, well, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we will talk to uh, uh, Minneapolis City head coach, Matt Van Matt Van Ben Schotten. Like the Van Ben thing gets Van Ben Scoten. Van Ben Scoten. Van Ben Scoten. Matt Van Ben Scoten. Probably edit this out. Matt Van Ben Scoten. All right, we'll be right back. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both. All right, and welcome back to the Dave's I Know podcast. As I mentioned at the top, we have a very special guest, uh, the Minneapolis City head coach, Matt Van Binskoten. Um Yeah, welcome to the podcast, Matt. Thanks. Uh, excited to uh, be on the podcast. Appreciate you all having me on. And uh, yeah, let's let's talk some soccer, talk some footy. So the last time we had the Minneapolis City Minute become more than a minute was when we had uh, someone named Sarah and someone named Adam on, um, and, and they represented the club pretty well, it's good. but, um, big, big shoes. Yeah. Big, big, I mean, I, I would, Sarah you know, is a con- consummate professional Adam on the other hand, I'm not so sure about, so I'm glad to hear they both did relatively well. Well, yeah. what are they yeah. going to tell you? We're going to record now that they didn't. I mean, I, this was before my time, <laughs> but seriously, I don't think so. That's yeah. a way to get no more guests. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I, I've been wanting to have you on this podcast for a long time. Uh, nice. You do have the best first name in the world. And thank you. That's true. Agree. Uh, how'd you get started in soccer? So as a player, I, I actually, oh, let me, I'm going to go way back, not too yeah. far back, but far enough back. So I actually grew up as any good Minnesotan, as a really big hockey player. Loved hockey. Like, that was my thing. Big Gopher fan. Saw the North Stars. All that. Um, but I love, also love sports. So I'm the oldest of four boys. And at the age of 10, my parents basically came to me and said, hey, look, here's the deal. Minnesota hockey is nuts. You play five to seven nights a week for nine months out of the year. We're going to need you to choose a different sport. I was nice. Like, I love okay. it. Yeah, exactly. I was like, all right. So I, I went for soccer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. I, I true. No, I wanted to grow up and play play for the North Stars. And, you know, I, here I am now. But yeah, so I got into that. So I got it. So got more into soccer that way. I was already playing that baseball, all the, you know, sports, but really kind of got more into soccer. And it just kind of kept falling in love with the game. Like it was, it's a very different game. Obviously, it's much more an international flavor. And, um, it was, it was hard because this is like the 19, this is probably yeah, 1995, 96. Like there just wasn't a lot of soccer on, like, and we didn't have cable. So I think the only game we saw every four years was just like the world cup final. So 
that was challenging. But, but what was cool about it was like those friends that you found that were into soccer, like it was not like your secret, but you're just like, Hey, like we bonded over the fact that like, we're both into soccer. We're like, this is kind of like our shared interest, which, you know, is not exactly mainstream. So we were hipsters before there were hipsters and like, you know, so just got more into it, uh, played it in high school, played it in college. And I actually, from a coaching standpoint, never meant to be like a, a professional coach or do it as a living. I actually went to grad school for marriage and family therapy, was planning on doing like adolescent counseling and did it for a year. And it just kind of came about. And I was coaching at Bethel University at the time, which is where I went to school. I actually, I, the master's program I did is actually through seminary. I'm not a pastor. Uh, I'm not going to even evangelize to anybody on this. It's not my job. Um, but I uh, went through that. And, and yeah, and then it just kind of came about through the local club here, at, which is now Fusion, that they needed a rec director and somebody to kind of oversee our younger U10 to U13 boys. And was like, Hey, this is great. Like, I love it. And even though I'm not a practicing licensed therapist right now, it's still very big part of what I do as a coach, both with Minneapolis city and without. So that is the very encapsulated version <laughs> of my soccer history. I, uh, I also played hockey um, and was a goalie. Nice. And my parents okay. like, this is way too fucking expensive. Um, you pick, pick something else. And so I became a wrestler and I wrestled for like 18 nice. years. So okay, I, I very similar story. Respect. But yeah. Um, yeah. And I oh, and became a wrestling coach, a high school wrestling coach for a long time too. So oh, nice. um, yeah. Awesome. That's Do cool. you remember where you met me when we were both much younger and much dumber? Yes. Uh, I thought you were going to say much, much younger, much better looking, which is also true, but at least, at least for me. Um, no, we played broomball. We played broomball together. Uh, I don't remember if we met at Bethel, but I know we played because you went to Bethel, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, for anybody who doesn't know, which is probably everybody listening to this podcast, there is a big like Bethel contingent of broomball players. It's, it's a big thing at Bethel. And so not surprisingly, uh, MJ played, I played, I ended up, you know, graduating and then was looking to scope play broomball and so got on mj's team and we tore it up together for a little bit it was it was fun uh do you remember how horrible of a coach i was and i do it, go and, ahead finish it, finish and did that back. inspire you to become a better coach at anything <laughs> someday uh yes and no i remember you coaching i'll be honest i did not actually see you as a coach because we played together and, and I was like, I oh, just more peer. And, and I know you'd go over tactics and I was just like, I, I don't know what this guy's talking about. I'm just going to go whack a ball. Um, but looking back on it, absolutely. I was inspired. Like, this is atrocious. I have to, I have to be better. Like we can't, we can't live up to these standards. Um, kidding. But fair, fair play to you though. I, I will say in your defense, in your defense, one, you were a fantastic goalkeeper Two, you were a fantastic organizer and manager of that team, which you don't get a lot of credit for because you have to do all of the work that sucks. And you did that very well and you kept the team organized. And that was very important. So fair play to you. Uh, follow up question that uh, Caleb McEachum asks, how does Matt use his experience as a national championship <laughs> broomball player 
to inform his his soccer coaching. Now, I would like to uh, say yeah. that you were you were on the USA Men's D Championship Roomball team that Chris and Tim Painter are on with me. Uh, you were a little too young. You yes. weren't on my radar then. So yep. Uh, yep. you did not win a Roomball Championship with me. You won no. a U- USA Championship uh, at the collegiate level. Correct. Correct. Uh, Bethel. And so, uh, yes. is, 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 uh, you know, how do you use that experience to, to help you with your, your coaching? Well, great question. Um, first of all, Caleb McEachern is my cousin and he's basically just an internet troll. So that's fine. Um, but so yes, I steeped in history of winning through Broomball. I, I have taken that, uh, same mindset to Minneapolis city. Now, Granted, the NPSL has, I think this year we had 90 teams. So it was a little bit more. Whereas the collegiate broomball championship back in, I don't even know when, let's say 2009, uh, there was a grand total of four teams competing in the national championship because that is all there were. Now, to be fair, we did finish first and we did beat Miami of Ohio. So we are technically national championships, national champions, and I do still have the plaque to prove it. So if there's any doubt, I will prove it. That's wonderful. Thank you. Um, tell us briefly about your time in Morocco. Yeah, so I went to Morocco back in 2018. And actually, like, you can even kind of tie that into soccer history. I think one of the things soccer's done going back to just how it's an international game is like, it's really expanded my love for international trips and doing stuff like that. And so I've, I've been to Europe a few times, been to Jamaica. Um, but I went to Morocco in 2018, actually right about the time that I started with city. And it was, it was through actually one of my Bethel teammates has his own um, like international uh, kind of traveling service. Cause he's been to a number of different countries that's his thing and so he took the Bethel team which I was still the assistant coach with and we went over there for uh was two or three weeks um and it it was awesome like it it, Morocco is so vastly different than any other place I'd ever been to and it's incredible and it the really cool thing was like we got in we landed and the first thing we do is we go over to the beach and there I and I'm not kidding you there are hundreds of people just playing sand soccer and they've got shoes set up as gold they've got trash cans set up as gold and i'm like soccer on the beach let's go like this is awesome and like everywhere you went there was just you know so much soccer going on and and so much love for the game and i remember this is actually right as the uh the bid for the next world cup was coming up and it came down to uh the u.s canada and mexico and morocco and we were walking in the supermarket and this guy stopped us because he knew we were American. And he's like, in, you know, kind of broken English, we kind of figured it out. But he's like, listen, like, Morocco really needs this World Cup. Can we please just have this World Cup? And I was like, you can take it. You probably deserve it a whole lot more than, than we knew. Obviously, we ended up getting the bid. And I'm sure that man is crushed. But uh, it was, it was um, very evident. Like, how- against for sure, for sure, which is fine. Get in line. Um, but no, it's just like it, it was it was just that clearly like that culture is just soccer is so meaningful to them and they love it. They're into it. We we went and we played this like little pickup game in this like futsal cage and there was like 
hundreds of people within the town who came out and maybe it was just to see how bad the Americans were at soccer, <laughs> but either way they showed up and they were super into it. So it was, it was so much fun. I would go back in a heartbeat. Did you d develop a loyalty to Rasha Casablanca or why that athletic? So I, I didn't, but I'm, I'm going to, what was the, what was the scarf that I bought for you? Was it, what it, I, it was Ra yeah. Raja, Raja Casablanca. Raja. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the one I bought for you. Okay. Yeah, the, the, I'm gonna the Green go with, Eagles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with that one because the the scarf that I bought for you had aliens on it, and that's badass. So <laughs> I'm 100 Raja, whatever for life. Yeah. Like no going back. And, and and thank you for that scarf, by the way. <laughs> for sure, man. I'm, you're uh, just, I'm glad I'm glad I could grab it for you. Are you just waiting to till now to thank him for that scarf? Because that seems pretty, come on. Uh, <laughs> It's only been three years. <laughs> I'm kidding, MJ. I'm kidding. Uh, so you're 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 coaching at Bethel. You're coaching for Fusion. Who? Fusion. Who? And so Fusion is um, like club soccer. So it's uh, it's over here in like Plymouth Wyzetta, and it actually became like there was Plymouth Soccer Association, there was Wyzetta Soccer Association, and then they merged. And so that's kind of like my more full-time job, I guess. I mean, city is too, but so I'm, I'm now, I was the U10, U13 boys coordinator. Now I'm the U9, U10 girls coordinator, um, partially because I have an eight-year-old daughter. And so getting just more into girl soccer and I love everything about it. It's awesome. So that's kind of my more, so I do that. I, I coach U14 girls team, coach JV at Wazetta. So yeah, I just, I do a ton of coaching. So, but nutshell, that's what Fusion is. It's just like a youth club. And cool. when and who reaches out to you about, about Minneapolis City? So I got introduced to Minneapolis City back when they were first founded in 2015. Yes. And it actually came through because uh, Jeremy Voskovitz, who is the head coach at Bethel University, he was good friends or knew John Bizworm. And he was at the time I was obsessed with Jeremy and he was telling me about this, you know, new soccer team that was being put together, this new soccer club. And the idea was to just really kind of give local players a platform and give them an opportunity to grow. And so I started following them on Twitter and, and I loved it. I'm like, Hey, this is soccer. They're sarcastic. Like they're kind of like punk rock, like all, all of it is my jam. I'm in. So bought a season ticket the first couple of years and did that whole thing. And then in 2017, I was running camps for fusion and we were looking for sponsors and I was like, Hey, this would be a great way to get, you know, Minneapolis city, just a little bit more notoriety, have them come on board. And so started talking with Dan and Sarah and just started doing that. And then my, my, my goal was to really, get on the radar of Minneapolis city, just from a coaching perspective, because I, I was coaching at Bethel coaching at fusion and just wanted to try something new. And was like, Hey, if I get an opportunity to work with the best players in Minneapolis or Minnesota, like sweet. And even if it's like a volunteer assistant coach, that would be awesome. And so it was kind of a long play, but it, it worked out because in late 2017, after the camps, I got a text from Sarah and she was like, Hey, are you, would you know of anybody would be interested in potentially coaching our U23 team that we're going to start. And I was like, uh, yeah, I would be super interested if you're interested. And so then that led to a conversation with Dan and Adam. 
<clears throat> and yeah, so then in 2018, I took over as the U23 head coach, was an assistant with Adam on the NPSL team, and the rest is kind of history. Well, and then what wow. did you what did you take get the the main the main gig at at City? So I took over in 2019 was my okay. first year. So it literally that was the other crazy thing was it was literally I had been at the club for one year and then all of a sudden Adam stepped down as the athletic director for Gila Style, um, got a more full time job for Sport Engine and was just you know he he was kind of going the coaching path and then that changed and so within one year they're like hey do you want to be the head coach and I was like sure yeah. let's let's try this you and, and you guys yeah. know yeah go ahead mj oh, just because you brought up adam uh uh so you were his assistant for for a year while coaching yep. the u23 which for those that don't know before Minneapolis City 2 was called Minneapolis City 2. That was the Minneapolis U23 team. Uh, yeah. How would you describe the Matt Van Vinskoot and Adam Pribble sideline relationship to someone who has never been in a Minneapolis <laughs> City game? I, 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 I'm glad there's not a camera on us uh, because it would be bad. But it's, uh, it's funny because it's, it's it, we're really like a, a good duo in that we read off each other and, and it really can be good cop, bad cop. And who's the good cop, who's the bad cop can change very, very quickly. I think, <laughs> when I, like, not kidding. When I was brought on in 2018, like both Dan, or oh, actually Dan and Adam, or sorry, Dan and John and Sarah all said to me, they're like, they're like, hey, like part of your job as assistant coach is to make sure Adam doesn't get kicked out of games. And I was like, ha, 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 that's funny. They're like, no. No, we're, for real. Serious. Like, for real. <laughs> Good. And that's not... where you used your therapy. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Now. I get this now. It all makes Yeah, it, exactly. You're tracking. Now, here's the problem, though, is I think Adam has worn off more on me than I've worn off more on him. And so in 2018, you know, two years out of grad school, felt, you know, probably much more centered and tuned with myself, you know. Uh, 2021 now I'm just you know I'm I'm the opposite I'm 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 a loose cannon not exactly but um no but going back to Adam Adam and my relationship and dynamic on the sideline it 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 is really funny and and so sometimes I wish there was a camera because literally like he will get irate about something and then I'll have to step up like no no we're good and then like literally 30 seconds I'll be like what the fuck and he's like no you need to sit down so you don't get kicked out and I was like I don't need you to tell me what to do. You're not my dad. Get out of my face. Um, so it's, it's, it's very fun. Uh, fourth, fourth officials know us very well for better or for worse. Uh, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Really Which is. one of you cusses more? Probably Adam, although I'm, I'm definitely gaining ground. That's for sure. Uh, and I'll share, I've sh- I think I've shared this story before on a different podcast but it's it's a great story so our first training of 2020 before the pandemic hit we're prepping for the u.s open cup and jeremiah johnson who is the futures kind of architect he's leading that right it's his first session with us and he's only ever seen adam 
in a very like, you know, off the field, organizationally business, you know, very, he is a very good professional off the field. He's leading the session and our goalkeeper, Troy Luwaji, we're trying to do this drill and he keeps just making awful passes, like kicking out of bounds, whatever. And so it's, it's killing everything that we're trying to do. And we're literally 20 minutes into practice and JJ's standing right there and Troy hits another one that goes out of bounds. And Adam, Adam turns and he yells to Troy, he's like, Troy, you do that again, I will fucking murder you. Like, oh. And JJ looks at me and he's like, is he normally like this at training? I was like, yeah, this is, this is just, this is a Monday. So it's, it's, it can be a bit abrasive, but it's, it's great. It's fun. <clears throat> Uh, that's great. So I actually have a, a couple of, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm curious, like, obviously I went to most of the Minneapolis city games this year. Obviously the season did not end like you wanted it to, I'd imagine. For sure. Um, but it was still, it was still, I think a pretty damn good season. Uh, you yeah. got to host, uh, host playoff matches. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I, not so much a question, but like, what was your sort of favorite part of the year? And, um, like, yeah, I guess that's kind of the, the main question. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it, it, it was a really good year. I think in a lot of ways, it was it exceeded our expectations, but also didn't also fully live up to the expectations. I think as the season went on, like the, the goal was really like, hey, let's go win a national championship. And, and to, you know, lo- losing is always not losing always sucks. But I think just the way it happened too, where, you know, we felt like we were better than Cleveland. And, you know, we hit three crossbars in the first half and the first 30 minutes were so close. And then, you know, the one chance that they get, we give them the ball and they get a shot and they score. And then second half, we come out and do what we've always done. Second half is we turn it on and we score a goal and, you know, questionable call by the referee goal gets called back and just couldn't find one. So yeah, it was frustrating for sure. And, and it, it was just, it was a weird way to kind of end the season because you, you put so much time and energy into it and it's, you're just building so much momentum, but you know, all of that, you know, that aside, like it was, it was so much fun. And I think it was unbelievable. We, we kind of joked about it. I even joked about it. The beginning, like we, we beat two falls. And so we beat them three to zero, which, you know, points per game and goal differential, we were number one in the nation. Ha ha. But, and so I kind of put it in our group chat. I was like, all right, we're going to stay number one for the rest of the year. And then we actually did that for the rest of the year. And so, you know, as that kind of kept going, the expectations got higher and higher and, you know, obviously again, didn't fill out the way we wanted it to, but it was, it was a blast. And, and I, I think my, my favorite on field moment, was when we went up to Duluth and ended up winning again. And, and I, I will say this, it happened in 2019 when I was the first, first year head coach, we had never beaten Duluth in Duluth. Obviously there are big rivals and it was just me. And I was petrified for a week because at the time there was like two points separating us, uh, med city and Duluth. And like, it's a huge game. Like we have to, like, if we win, we win everything or we win the conference. If we lose, we may not make the playoffs. And I was just petrified. And we ended up winning that game. And I thought, and then 2021, same scenario happened. But I'm still like, in like just butterflies. Like I'm nervous, anxious, heading up. And like, they come out and they score a goal in the first two minutes. And I'm just like, oh shit, like this is it. And then 
we get one back. That's one, one at half. And then they get a red card. I'm like, okay, we're getting chances. And then we score a second one. And I'm like, okay, still good, but it's still loose. Like they're very good at coming back. And it was, I, I can like crystal clear, remember that third goal that kind of sealed it for us. Cause there was a couple minutes left and it goes in and it was just all of that built up like anxiety and, you know, ex- exclamation celebration. I was just like, yes, like just turn and like, just yelled at the top of my lungs. And I scared the shit out of the ball kids that were right <laughs> behind our bench. They're like, this, this guy is a lunatic. Like I need to get away from him. Yeah. Um, but that was the best moment for me. Cause it was like, boom, we clinched it like awesome. So was, that was my favorite moment for sure. Was that your favorite game of the season? Because I was at that game. I, we drove up cause we were heading okay. to, we were heading to Cayuga, Wisconsin for, um, uh, sure. A burial ceremony, like the next day. And I was like, it's like, fuck, like, let's just, let's do half the drive and go to Duluth, spend the night in Duluth and watch Minneapolis <laughs> city. Yeah. Uh, and then drive the rest of the way Absolutely. to like Northwestern Wisconsin. Anyway. So me, my, my wife and, and my kids, and we actually brought my mother-in-law up. So she watched our, our children at the hotel, which was like, five blocks away. It was a nice hotel. It had a big, awesome. nice, big ass pool and stuff. So, um, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But I remember going, remember going to that game and then I, I ran into, uh, Jocelyn and, and Pete Jordan were up there. So we drank, uh, beers in the high school parking sure. lots, um, before the game. And then during halftime <laughs> when it was raining, and I remember that. like the game kicked yeah. off, like it, it was still raining. So we're like, Oh, let's just kind of hang out here underneath this like awning or the, you know, their, their trunk of their car yeah. had a, had one more beer and then went in. And like, <laughs> as we are getting in, that's when Duluth gets the red card and then just like the floodgates open. And that was, so that was like the funnest game I attended all year. Um, was that, was that the, your favorite game of yeah. the year? Okay. Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, like at the time it wasn't cause I was so nervous for it, but afterwards, yeah, for sure. And, and again, like I, I actually have a lot of respect for Duluth, even though we're rivals, but it's always, it's always fun to, you know, beat your kind of rival right there. And, and the way we did it to where, one of the things like for as many goals, like we were the leading goal scoring team in the entire nation. Like, but I, we always felt like we just left chances on the field, but that was the one game that we're just like, all right, like we're just going to keep scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I think the, the other fun game was like the Carpathia game. The first playoff game we hosted was a lot of fun too, just that atmosphere. But for the game itself, yeah, it was, it was for sure the six, one winning Duluth, which helped us quince repeat for sure you're on mute yep Zena. i i got it uh um and you guys just played a uh a friendly with ford madison a couple weeks ago uh down yeah. in madison um i know the game did not go probably as well as you had hoped it would go but uh <laughs> not, but yeah i quite. mean that's a it's a that's a really cool i mean that's a, a super cool club there they have the same i think a lot of the same ethos sure. that that sure. minneapolis city does i've been to a few games my in-laws are from or living in Madison for a while. So we would go down at least once a year and see okay. a, a game or two. Um, how was that experience for, yeah. for you guys and for, for the team? I know you obviously you don't have your full team because, you know, a lot of the kids are back in college and all that. But yeah. how was how was that experience? And, and um, do you have any do you go out drinking with Carl Craig is the main question, I think, there. So <laughs> <laughs> normally I, I've been drinking with Carl Craig a lot. Uh, we didn't get a beer that night. We we're actually going to and then it just didn't work out. Um, we did do as a staff and players, a lot of drinking after that, uh, we were out very late that night. Um, that was, that was I, a fun bus ride home. I, I heard, a ru- uh, I heard a rumor. But no, before- it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I, before you, before you, before you finish, I heard a rumor that, um, 
Carl took a uh, four pack into the uh, dugout for for that match against you guys. Uh, he brought a four pack of beer onto the field. Uh, I, <laughs> so well, I think I think he actually got it from us. So mm. the reason he got it from us was because. So when we went out to Detroit city in 2019 for our playoff game, we brought a six pack of summit and you know how normally like you do like the pennant exchange, like here's our flag, here's your flag, whatever. We're like, no, no, yep. no, this is not, this is not what we're about. We are about summit beer, beer in general. So that was where we, so I think that was, <laughs> there's even a picture of it at, at Detroit city. The AO is giving it to the captain of Detroit city. He's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and it's great. So then, we don't, we, 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 we kind of just, I don't know why we, we just chose it for Ford Madison too, but um, Oudipils is our new sponsor. And so I went, you know, I was talking, we were talking about, I was like, I got to get a four pack of Oudipils. So we, we did the whole, they gave us a pennant. I, I've got this really cool Ford Madison pennant in my thing. And then they got a four pack of Oudipils. So I'm, if he did have it, he, he probably got it from us. Excellent. Probably. In, Excellent. Then, you know, I feel good about that. <laughs> oh, for yeah. sure. For sure. For sure. Uh, but no, the Ford Madison game, it, we ended up, we ended up losing. They showed us why they're a professional team and, you know, not the showing we wanted, but at the same time, like it was, it was really cool. Like it was my first ever game at Breeze, Breeze uh, Stevens and Ford Madison. We were, we actually went out there as a staff back when they first started and were invited by Peter Wilt to come do some scouting and, you know, do some stuff as they were doing tryouts. So it wasn't my first time there, but it was my first game at like watching a Ford Madison game and being part of it. And that, that was really cool. Like the atmosphere is super fun. Like the stadium has been renovated since I was there and it's just a super cool atmosphere. And yeah, it's, it's, it was awesome just because it's a very similar club to what we're doing and, it's just all about like fun and passion and community. And, you know, just seeing that, seeing somebody else do it well and do it differently is, is always really fun. So I, I had a blast. Cool. I would be in trouble as a journalist if I didn't ask you something about USL League Two. Uh, you, guys, <laughs> you guys weren't looking to join USL League Two. You were look, looking for other league options. Uh, I know other members of your staff said this, but what prompted that search uh, to look at other league options? Yeah, it's a good question. And, you know, Dan, Dan said this in his protagonist article, you know, especially for lower league clubs, if you aren't growing, you're dying. And mm -hmm. it's really true. And so for us, we're always like, how can we grow? How can we find a new challenge and not new challenge and not be stagnant? And, you know, I think the NPSL has, has served us well. I think also though you look at the league and it, they keep losing big, big market teams. And, and again, which, which may not even be their fault. I think it's just the volatile lower tier soccer landscape in the u.s it just kind of is what it is and so for us it was it was just like can we find that new challenge what kind of continues to give us the best platform for our club to grow and and really serve our players and, and that was usl and you know for 
one of the big things that we started to run into recently in the last couple of years was we were we were losing some really top end talent to USL two. Um, so some high level D one guys, you know, decided that you know even, even if they wanted to come back and play with us, there's again for better or for worse with USL two, there's the optics that it's or the perception that it's um, it's better. And even though we as a club know like hey, what we can give to players is is on par with that and maybe even better. There's something about a college coach looking at that and saying, well, if I can play, if I can choose between NPSL and USL2, USL2 is, is more established. It looks more professional. And again, whether it's right or wrong, that's just the perception. And so, you know, we, we were ending up losing some of these players, which again is fine, but we're looking at it like, we think we can still give them a really good experience, especially here. If you're Minneapolis or Minnesota based, like, it makes a lot of sense because, you know, I've, I've talked with enough players who have played, you know, all levels of USL or whatever that have said, you know, the, the soccer is good. The training is good, but everything else off the field is it, it, it can really suck. And a great story was back in 2019, my first year, we had Jeremy Clark who was played at Michigan state was Detroit city's first ever signing. And he played for them was played for, fires academy um and i think he was on a usl championship team or some some usl team and he was talking about the fact that he basically got put up in a motel six for four months with six other dudes like they didn't have a car they didn't have a job and so they you know are, are training at a high level but are living in not great conditions and you know kind of sucks and and again that's not that's not indicative of every experience but that that does happen a lot where it's just like, you know, the emphasis is soccer and that's it where we look at it. It's like, not only can we about be about soccer, but if you have roots here, you know, why wouldn't you want to play in front of family or friends? Or if you're a college kid, like what, you know, why wouldn't you want to come live back with your parents? I mean, I guess there's a reason for that. Why you wouldn't, but come live with your parents and, you know, be part of that and, and have just kind of that hometown versus, you know, again, living at a motel six. So yeah, I think it's, you know, again, we, I think we do, we try to do the best job that we can, but hmm. there's just still some of that perception that if it's not USL2, it's not, it's not a good level, you know, for better or for worse. And so when we started having the conversations with, with USL2, we, you know, had, we're just trying to figure out, you know, is this a good fit? And, and I don't even necessarily think it's, it's a long-term solution. Cause again, the landscape for us soccer changes all the time. I mean, and that's, that's the tough part is trying to navigate what is the best fit. And we always come back to what is the best fit for our club? What's the best fit for our players, you know, for our fans and, and all of that. And as, as we've said, it's always going to be club over league and we, we will probably be in a different league, maybe at some point, maybe we won't, but the, the emphasis is always going to be us and, and what we're trying to do. So, you know, at the moment, USL two, I think gives us a really good platform to do that and and we'll still have an mpsl team as well so i think it's it's kind of the both both and basically and will you be will you be the head coach of both of those teams so i i will the plan right now is for me to be the usl2 head coach and we're trying to figure out what that looks like from a staffing perspective with the npsl team you know one of one of the cool things with city is is it's given a platform not only to our players, but to our coaches. And, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm clearly a, a big beneficiary of that. 
Uh, if you had told me three years ago when I was coaching youth soccer that I would be a USL2 coach, I would have told you you're insane. But here we are, and, and I'm really fortunate. And so I, we're trying to figure out like how 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 to staff that and who it will be and, and who wants it because it is it, it sounds like a really glamorous job and and it's a lot of fun but it's a lot of work and you kind of have to find the right person who's willing to do it and who is really willing um who really wants to do it and who's who's really able to do it and so we're not we're not sure yet on who the NPSL coach will be um but I'll be the USL2 coach Tori is for sure going to be my first assistant with the USL2 um, and then we'll kind of see, do we, we always try to promote within two, but it, again, it comes back to like who, who wants to do what. So we're figuring out the staffing piece, but, um, I'll still be involved. Tori will still be involved. And I think, you know, even our futures coaches will also be involved too, in some capacity. So, yeah. Cool. Um, I actually have a couple of, uh, USL, uh, uh, two follow-up questions. Um, yeah. So it's just great. It's great to hear that you're going to be competing in on three different competitions. That is awesome. Very excited to, mm-hmm. I've just bought my the other day, I think on Sunday, maybe Saturday, I bought my membership for the, the full Let's membership go. package. So yeah. Um, a lot of soccer. But, yeah. Lots of soccer, which is, which is good. Um, so I guess, so my question is, so obviously we, Minnesota um, has a lot of both men's and women's soccer talent here, obviously not having a D one men's team for a long time. I think, you know, we, a lot, we lose a lot of that to, the Creightons of the world and, and uh, Wisconsin and all that. Um, does St. Thomas coming in as a D one program, like I think help elevate you guys as a potential uh, destination for uh, players. Yeah. And obviously like if you have the players who are like said, you know, you know the, the commons or whatever, who live in Woodbury, go to Creighton, if they have that opportunity to come back here and play, they may have, you know, um, and I'm sure we're, you're going to focus on, on those kids as well, but like having a D one program in the area as well, does that help um, on the men's side, at least? I mean, we have one, uh, we have two yeah. on the women's side now. Does that help with you guys with, with uh, recruitment for, for future, um, for the future? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's even, you know, it, it kind of just goes back to like just Minnesota soccer in general, right? Like that's always been our goal as a club is like, can we make Minnesota soccer better in some capacity? Cause you know, you look at Chicago and even Madison and St. Louis, like those are soccer hotbeds and we're a little bit of flyover country. And so, yeah, I, I think having now a men's D1 program certainly kind of establishes a little bit more credibility. It certainly helps us in terms of, you know, Hey, there's some really high level players here in our backyard. Not that there weren't already, but having that, um, I actually, <clears throat> John Lowry, who's the head coach was my first boss at fusion. So he and I know each other really well. We've, we've already had a number of conversations about players and, you know, I think it's nice. just, it's a good symbiotic relationship to say, Hey, you know, we can, we can only take eight players, I think up to, you know, for, for uh, eligibility purposes, but, you know, having already having those conversations, like it makes it a lot easier. It makes it easier for him recruiting to say, Hey, like I've got a place for you to play here in the summer you know, it's great. Vice versa for us, we're, we're working with them to bring in good players. And so, yeah, it, it, it definitely, it definitely helps for sure. Um, sorry. Uh, eight from a certain school eight for individual schools or eight total D one players. Uh, no, eight from a specific school. Okay. Okay. I believe is okay. how it works. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. The WPSL had some similar rules. Like you couldn't have more than like three or four players from the same school. Yeah. So, and, and I honestly, sure. I know, I know you guys are, you know, you, there's a lot of, um, 
you know, kids who play D3 um, and mm-hmm. probably, you know, if they wanted to probably could go walk on to a D1 program. Like these are not these sure. are good players um, who just yeah, maybe, decided, maybe decided to stay home, play at Augsburg or before St. Yeah. Thomas moved up, play at St. Thomas instead of, instead of trying to go to a D1 school. So I know there's obviously lots of uh, really good talent here in Minnesota already. Absolutely. That could possibly be D1 talent. And then, um, sure. uh, so yeah, I guess the other, um, Big question is which of the road trips that you are looking at potentially for next year are you guys most excited about? So like basically I'm asking which road trip do I need to make sure I put on my schedule <laughs> yeah. with my I, like that, at that point we'll be almost um, we'll be one year old and and three and a half year old. So which which one do they put on my schedule? I logistically probably Des Moines and because the Des Moines menace like like it obviously they're very they've been around for a long time they're very storied they just won usl2 the national championship last year they are super cool with what they're doing they get a huge crowd like it's it's basically a professional thing i think that will be a fun one i'm actually excited personally to go up to winnipeg and to go into canada because in 2000 i think last year this past summer they didn't the both the canadian teams didn't play thunder bay and winnipeg didn't play because of covid um so I'm excited just to go do that. Like, I know it's, you know, it's Canada, it's technically international, but just to, you know, I've been around the U S quite a bit, been to Canada once, but I'm, I'm curious to see how different it is just to get up there and you know be somewhere I haven't been. So I think that one will be really fun. And I'm actually, I'm excited to also go, go to green Bay. Um, our MC two team went up there in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And they went up and they played them and same thing. Like they're obviously an affiliate of Ford Madison. They've, they've got done some really cool things. We've had a couple of players that have gone from us and played there, have come play there and come back. And so, you know, I've just, I've heard really good things about what they're doing and I think that'd be a cool one to go check out too. So yeah, I, I would say if you're going to, if you're going to prioritize Des Moines, but Green Bay is probably one B. Cool. I have a, I have a, uh, a story about Thunder Bay that I can't even share on this podcast. It's, it is that, <laughs> which, Whoa, which, that's saying yeah, something. it's saying something uh, uh, very much. Something. So yeah, back. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I'll share it off air, but, um, love it. Uh, and then, uh, so we have one sort of USL league two related question. Uh, blue green moon yeah. is obviously a, a, a Duluth supporter. Um, yep. and this is maybe you, maybe you don't even know the answer to this question. Uh, will you guys lose your open cup, uh, uh, open cup berth by joining USL. I know there was, there were shenanigans the last time you guys changed leagues and all yeah. that shit. And obviously we haven't had an open cup in two years. So who the hell knows if they'll even let you back in because they, exactly. you know, they hate you guys for some reason. They they don't like us. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I, we don't know. I, and that's, it's a great question. I, on paper, I would think that it wouldn't be an issue and that we would be back in because we have an NPSL. We're not taking our team out of NPSL. We are just adding a USL two team that is part of the club. So Uh. again, on paper should not happen. However, historically and the shenanigans that keep coming up and and I'm almost like at this point, like I'm almost like, it's almost going to be maybe like disappointing when we actually play in the open cup because it's like (laughs) this, this bit has been great for so many reasons. Like, Hey, we get, and then we get disqualified and then we make it and then we get disqualified and then we make it and there's a pandemic. So I'm, I'm kind of just like, it's like if the Vikings ever won a Super Bowl, like, you know, you'd be excited, but you'd also be disappointed that you can't live like 
and have that narrative anymore. So right, right. I I don't think it will disqualify us. Again, I couldn't tell you for certain. And again, I, I don't think we're super popular with U.S. Soccer, U.S. Open Cup anyway. So who knows? They might find a loophole. But I hope that we are in it because it would be really fun. And and honestly, like that was probably actually one of the most disappointing things was in 2020 pre-pandemic was, you know, we were set up to go play FC Chicago in SeatGeek Stadium, be on ESPN Plus. And, you know, for, for a club like us, like that's a big thing. And it's just cool to have that legitimacy and visibility. And so when it didn't happen, that was really a bummer. So we, we would love to actually plan it at some point. I'm, I'm being mostly tongue in cheek by saying we, we don't want to plan it. We do. So I hope we get into it next year and, and hopefully we can uh, actually see what it's like and say we played a game in it. Yeah. Um, I would yeah be very excited to travel and, you know, again, you you might get like a, a Ford Madison rematch or something uh, Absolutely. Or, or even, Absolutely. I mean, honestly, Minnesota United coming to uh, Augsburg to Edward Nelson Field <laughs> would be fucking great. Uh, that would be amazing, unbelievable. <laughs> well, and it's you know maybe maybe we were a little bit arrogant, but when we talked about it in 2020, like that was our goal was to get through like the third or even fourth round, and you know is it a pretty lofty dream for sure? But you beat FC Chicago, you go play Ford Madison. If you beat Ford Madison, then you probably play either. Union Omaha, or maybe you go to Allianz to play Minnesota United. Like how cool would that be? Like that would be unbelievable. So who knows? Matt, you helped uh, start two trends that I know of in Minneapolis city. One. Okay. This is just what I hear that. All right. George Floyd happened. You said, Hey, our club shop is in South Minneapolis we have some opportunity to do some good here and you kind of help jumpstart that. And then also totally based on rumor, I heard that uh, the, the pricing of $69 kits was also something that was you're responsible for. Uh, do you want to elaborate uh, on your, your yes. taking credit or distancing yourself from either of those two trends? Uh, no, I'll, I'll take credit for the latter for sure. I, we were talking about how to, you know, with our jerseys were 65 or maybe they're even 60 and we're trying to figure out, we, we want to up the price, but not like an exorbitant amount, but you know, not every dollar we make. dollar amount. Right. Yeah. But but, but again, like, you know, for a lower leared club, every dollar matters. So if you can get a little bit more without price gouging, perfect. So we're talking about it. And I'm like, guys, it was on a conference call. I'm like, guys, what are we doing? Like, it's 69. We have to make it 69. And nice. Yep. Done. So, uh, yes, that was, that was definitely my idea. Uh, and then for the George Floyd thing, you know, I, I mean, and I do mean this, like, I, I can't, take credit for that that was really like a club initiative because i think you know we we didn't talk about it for sure and and, you know the the two main components to any soccer club is passion passion authenticity and and community and so you know when when all that was going down we really want to be intentional on saying we want to represent our city not just on the field and off the field and and you know why i can't take credit for it is you know, we talked about it, but, you know, we had so many people from our club show up, players, coaches, front office, just we want to help with this and, and whatever we can and, and, you know, have hard conversations. And, and I do think, you know, one of the cool things that came about it was, 
you know, we did the cleanup and, and, and that's good. I, but it, what was really fun was, you know, the club shop is right next to Ted Cook's, which is a barbecue shop. And when we were doing the food drive for everything, we were talking about like, hey, could we do like a grill out? Could we, you know, what, what would like the city licensing allow us to do? Like we would like to give our volunteers some food. And what was interesting was it, everybody, like we're, we're getting these donations and people like, I want to donate, especially from out of state because you're stuck with, I want to help. I want to do something, but I don't know how. So are there people, good people I can give this money to that will be good stewards of it. And, and we're, you know, we, we got a few thousand dollars and we're like, you know, should we donate it? Like, what should we do with it? And then we started talking. We're like, well, Ted Cook's is right next to us and we've been there. Do we really know the owner? And we know it's a black owned business. Can we support them? How can we really foster that sense of community? And so we went to them, got to know, I think his name is Moses. I might be wrong on that. The owner and said, hey, like, here's what we're thinking. If we pay, you know, if we did sort of like a catering thing, we had these pre-made meals, you know, how much would it be? And so we took a lot of that donation money, gave it to them, got the food back, gave it to the volunteers, which, you know, it's it's a little thing, but it, it started off a good relationship with them and, and will probably be something that we continue. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's really what it's all about. Like when you want to talk about change, you want to talk about building a better community. That's a really good first step is you can throw money at a problem. It's fine to go clean up things and, and that's good. But can you, are you really willing to go have those relationships with your neighbors and, and talk and probably more importantly, listen to their story and what they're, you know, what they're about. So, um, so yeah, and, and again, like that's, that's really a big reason why I'm at Minneapolis city. And I think why so many of our staff and players are here is it's not just lip service. Like we've, we've been given this gift of, of this really cool thing with Minneapolis city, but we want to use it and, and we want it to be continually giving and, and again, just build our community because it's so lacking. Um, and if it happens through soccer, fantastic. Great. That's cool. So yeah, uh, 69 definitely in mine, but uh, the joy of that and the cleanup and all that community service effort was really an effort from a ton of different people. So, very cool. Um, we have a couple of questions from uh, uh, our friend Rodrigo uh, Sanchez, who uh, is co host of the Minnesota 50. So, his first question is When are you going to invite Issa Watch yeah. to intern and coach at Minneapolis City? Uh, she I, is a senior this year. So, um, I, told, I told Rodrigo. I've told him anytime she wants to come out, it is an open invite. I have actually never met her, but I've heard great things from a number of different people. And anytime she wants to come out and be a part of it, it she is welcome. You, uh, it's a very wanna, short list and yeah. she is on it. You want to talk about an epic shit talker. Um, Issa watch is an epic shit talker. Um, Oh, when she, when she, like, when we had our, when we had the, the podcast, uh, futsal tournament a couple of years ago, um, she played on the 55 one team and, uh, yeah, just absolutely, uh, owned, uh, the former co-host of this podcast, uh, David Martin, a, uh, bald white guy, uh, punchy bald white guy, um, and just absolutely owned him on the, on the court. And she was talking mad amounts of shit to him so um i think she fit, I, I think she fit I right in love it she will absolutely fit right in so and then uh we'll, we'll get her in and then this i don't know if this if you know the answer to this question um but it's also from rodrigo obviously uh referring to the, the women's side when is the women women girls side of future schedule scheduled to start do you have any idea about the timing of that 
I don't in terms of timing. I, I think it's, we, we're definitely looking at it. And, you know, we always come back to kind of like, can we, anything we do, can we fill a niche and can we do it well? And, you know, we even announced our, our women's team, right? And, and that's still a possibility. We're still looking into it. But obviously, like with Minnesota women's soccer coming in and doing it, you know, and, and I think they're going to do a really good job with it. It's like, hey, you know, we don't, I don't want to say we want to step on other people's toes, but we're also going to be like, hey, if someone else is doing it really well. Like there's not a need for us to step in and do it just because we think we could, like we're going to celebrate that. And so huge proponents of Minnesota women's soccer, obviously the ownership group, super cool, um, rooting for them hundred um, percent. But in terms of the futures thing, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely a conversation we're having. Like we found a lot of success with the boys side and, you know, a big part of who we are is, you know, inclusivity and, and making sure that what we're doing is we're elevating um, everybody we can be. And so I, there's definitely, I think, a need for it. And I think if we can do it well, we'll certainly do it. So I don't, I don't have a timeline on it, on it, but I do know it is, we're absolutely talking about it and just trying to figure out logistically what does it look like again how do we do it well because that that would be the worst thing is if we're like hey let's do it and then we don't do it well or, or we're doing it subpar to the boys program for whatever reason and then that's just a disservice to it so uh hopefully soon hopefully soon uh but either way stay tuned cool can you can you actually talk a little bit about the the futures um i know we've we've mentioned yeah. them on here a little bit before i've i went uh back in the you know midst of the pandemic last year, I went out to a couple of matches out at Blaine to watch them. Yeah, um, yeah. it was really fun. Uh, you know, people were very socially distant. It was it was great. But um, can, yeah, sure. can you talk a little bit about the success of that so far? Have you have you been able to graduate a couple any any people up to the uh, to the main team or to the I guess yeah the, the, the I, we have team? yeah yeah for sure no it's um it's it's really cool and I'm not just saying that because I'm, I'm biased but. We, the future started because we were looking at starting kind of similar to a U23 team. We were looking at starting a U19 team. And uh, for anybody who's in youth soccer or who's been around it, what happens is, so you go kind of ages 10 through 17, and you get to this really important year, your senior year, even junior year, where it's kind of a crossroad. For the vast majority of players, that's kind of their last competitive year. And because most don't go on to play college soccer. Now, for the minority who are going on to play college soccer, that's really important. And unfortunately, what they're left with is teams or clubs that, you know, their buddies, it's like, hey, it's my senior year. Like, it's it's just hard to fill those U18 teams. And, you know, because they're just senior year, I got other stuff going on. I'm not going to play soccer, you know, in college. So, we're trying to fill this gap of how do we provide a really good experience, a high level experience for these kids that need it. And so Jeremiah Johnson kind of came up with, with this idea and with the help of Brendan Doyle um, and Eli Baker. And the idea was, Hey, can we, can we kind of treat this as a supplemental thing? Because we don't want to start a youth club. We're not trying to step on toes in that regard, but can we come along with these clubs and kind of coincide and, and offer something where it's like, Hey, we're going to give you kind of this professional environment atmosphere to get you an idea of what it looks like, put you with like-minded players that, and that's a really important thing where, you know, if I'm going to Gustavus and this other kid's going to Bradley, like I want to play against those kind of players to prep me for college. And so that's what we did. So we did once. So they, what we did last year was one time a week. And then from there we would do, 
scrimmages, you know, we played Minnesota United, we played Shattuck, we played um, a local community college and, and just got them some games. And, and it was really, it was great. It was a huge success. And I think ultimately the idea was can we bring in these high level like-minded players to compete and challenge each other in, in an environment that was, that was huge. And so um, it was, it was really good. And I, and I think it, it, it achieved what we wanted it to. And, and it sets us up really well for even this upcoming year. And it's, it's really funny because even coaching JV soccer, it's, it's amazing how much like word of mouth is everything. And so, you know, we, we try to front end kind of market to our players or whoever we thought last year. And now it's crazy, like how different one year is. And I've got guys who are coming up, like, when's the future start? Can I do this? Can I try out? And, you know, just, Clearly, if, if, if teenagers are passing it along and, and, you know, they want to come do it, you're doing something right. So, it, uh, so it's really cool. So it's, I, I think it's filled, in, uh, filled a niche that, that was needed and hopefully we can continue to be even better. And, and you know, to the other part of your question, when we graduated, we did. Um, so we had a couple. We had Zach Susi, who was Mr. Soccer before the pandemic. He came and played with MC2 and did really well. He was a part of our first team trainings. Uh, Jacek Nikowski was another player who came in late. He played at Oral Roberts, but he's from here, now plays at uh, um, uh, St. Thomas. Um, and even when we went to Madison, it was cool because we, you know, we kind of got our butts kicked, but we're, I was okay with that because it gave us an opportunity to kind of bring some of those players in. And so one of our community partners is the current FA, and this is a little bit of a shameless plug, but it's they're a phenomenal organization, so it's not a shameless plug they Kyle Johnson does some unbelievable things. And when you talk about like great human beings through soccer, Kyle is one of them where he is really like giving himself and, and giving his time and resources to really help a marginalized group that literally doesn't even have a home country. And it's, it was really cool. And, but they have some really good players. And so we were able to take a couple of those players into the futures and one player in particular, his name is Akuse, is a goalkeeper. And Matt Elder was not able to make it to Madison, wasn't able to do the fall season. And it was actually Troy Luaji, our other goalkeeper's first day of classes that Tuesday that we went to Madison. So we're trying to find a goalkeeper. And I'm like, hey, is Akuse up for it? And so he ended up being, I think he's 19, just graduated from high school. Uh, we get to bring him in from the futures from the current FA and, and he starts in goal against Ford Madison. And it's, it was funny because you could tell he was a little bit nervous the first 20 minutes, but settled into it and uh, really enjoyed it. Like had a, had a really good time with it. And so, you know, again, I mean, that, that's really what we try to be about is just, Hey, can we find these players and elevate them um, and, and give them an opportunity and, you know, and, Hey, if you get the opportunity make the most of it. So, um, so yeah, it's been really cool and, and I'm excited for 2022 because I think there will be even more stories like that. Cool. Well, we've taken a lot of your time. Um, we have one final question. Jess has been waiting patiently down there All right. for her, for her question. She has one question. Um, make it good, Jess. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Matt, I don't know if you are a habitual Dave's I know listener, no judgment. But uh, you may have heard that, you know, the Daves are pretty much OGs of the Heath Out movement. 
<laughs> and I don't mean to, I don't, I don't pose this question meaning uh, trying to demean your coaching philosophy or practices, but let's say, yep. hypothetically speaking, if someone were to, I mean, as you will be in a minute, if I asked you to compare and contrast your coaching philosophy and stylings against those of Mr. Adrian Heath, um, what would you say? Man, we, we waited all day for all, all program for the best question. Man, uh, that's, that's a good question. And I, I will caveat with this. I, as a coach, as a high level coach, now it's really easy to look at something and be critical of it. Right. Like you don't know what we're not coaches that, and we do that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. There's, there's something about you get to be like an armchair quarterback coach, whatever. So I, I don't, don't want to so I, I can't in, in that context say hey here's what he's doing what he's not doing I will say this I think the sense I get even off the field is I as a coach try to be very intentional with the relationships that I have with players and I think that can be really telling and I look at a guy like Brian Schmetzer who's out in Seattle like players love to play for him and I think that's really telling. So I, I think that's a really big thing. And, and I don't know, Adrian, I can't comment on, you know, that piece of it. But I, I think there is something about building a really good culture. And that comes through intentionality. That comes through having those relationships and conversations. Mindfulness. And Imagine. that really matters. Mindfulness. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think, you know, Adrian has obviously been at a very high level um, and knows his stuff at that point. But I'll say this too. It, it never ceases to amaze me how many high-level coaches, and I mean across the board, quote-unquote, who are really good tactical coaches, but really ineffective when it comes to player management and development. And, and I say that even from like as a youth coach, like, oh, you can know everything there is to know about soccer. And I don't, I, I will be the first to tell you, I don't, I have much more on my staff intentionally. I have much more better tactical minded coaches than me because I'm okay. With the However, ex exactly. Exactly. However, if you are not able to adequately communicate that information to players, it doesn't matter because they're ineffective. And I, and I say this to the coaches that I have like, Hey, the most challenging team you will ever coach is probably going to be eight and nine year old boys roles because you can and you can figure out how to make one to two coaching points to them and keep them engaged. You're going to be really good. Cause again, I can take an A licensed coach and you can know all the ins and outs of, Hey, we're going to push up at the four, three, three and get our outside backs in and suck our outside guys. in these spaces. It doesn't matter if you can't actually convey that. And if you don't have that trust, like they're going to be like, who the fuck is this guy? I don't care. So that is my answer, non-answer. Well done. Very, very Thank diplomatic. Uh, all right, Matt, we'll, we'll let you go. Um, Thank you. How do people, sorry, MJ, go ahead. If Minneapolis City ever puts out a thirst trap calendar, do you make the, <laughs> and, if, and if so, what month are you? Yeah, what uh, month are you? 
Uh, here's the deal. The calendar is going to happen. Like it will happen because both Jonah Garcia and uh, Samo, who are very in shape, and even Max Kent, I'm sure you've seen pictures of him too. That the calendar will be. Might have keep asking seen him at Odin Pills calendar? once or twice, yeah. or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if I were a cougar, which I am not. <laughs> Uh, DM me. We'll talk. Uh, I'll get you hooked up with their contact. I will take a lot of um, blind dates. I'll take as many as you can throw my way. Perfect deal. Um, it is going to happen. There was a joke about like, hey, you know, again, inclusivity. We can we celebrate the dad bods between Adam and myself. So, um, I if I have to pick a, a month, dad. I'm probably going to go. I, I'm gonna probably going to go with the coldest month which is January. Cause then I can put more clothes on and, and not be as revealing, but you know, look, I'll do whatever I have to for the enhancement of the club. So, you know, if I, if I got to go full Monty, I got to do it. It's fine. Well, there you go. You heard it here first, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Matt, where can people follow you uh, to, uh, to find out when this thirst strap calendar actually is going to hit the market. So, um, uh, or, first, or the club first, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I even got to, I don't even know what my handle is. I got to pull it up uh, for <laughs> sure. Minneapolis city. Uh, that would be the first one uh, that is at MPLS city. And then mine, if you are all about sarcasm and soccer and being a disgruntled Arsenal fan, uh, I am at M Scoton uh, on Twitter as well. So, uh, you know, again, if sarcasm's your thing, I got a lot of that. So let's cool. go. We'll, we'll link we'll link to it in the when we post the podcast and all that so um matt's Perfect. a good follow um he's he's engaging which is uh you know super important when it comes to twitter and stuff so matt, thank you thank you so much for doing this man we we really appreciate it no for real my pleasure i had a lot of fun um thank you all for having me on it's, uh it's great night i have not been a habitual dave's i know listener but i i will now be um not just to listen to myself I actually don't want to listen to myself but i will listen to you never listen so to this i'm excited you're, yeah, you're you're probably better off for uh, for not listening to the podcast. So, uh, <laughs> Matt, thank it. you so much. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, man. We really, really appreciate it. All right, our uh, great thanks to Matt Van Benschoten, uh, Dutch Minneapolis City maestro. Um, <clears throat> It was a very great interview. Um, hopefully you all stick around for the length of it. We got into a lot of cool stuff. Uh, please rate review the podcast wherever you listen to it. Davesiknow.com, patreon.com slash the Daves I Know, uh, at TDIKMN on Twitter. If you want to follow Matt, um, it's at M-S-C-H-O-T-E-N on Twitter. I think he mentioned that, but um, I think he didn't actually spell it out for people. So go follow him. Uh, Follow Minneapolis City SC on Twitter as well. Uh, I'm at Texas Zeller. MJ is at MJ Matsui. And Jess is, as always, at Jessica1440839 or two. We've been, the, we've been the names you know. This is the Dave and No. To try and work it out. Cause we both know we can't do nothing at all. Long as you do yours, land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Do the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We, we, we do our thing, son. Some
I'ma paint a piece, I'ma spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son.